0: What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Biden. joined always by my main man, Steven Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 8, 20 to 10, a game that didn't leave the greatest taste in many fans' mouths for a number of reasons. Some very key injuries to talk about, some Thoughts on the referees that we gotta break down and the offense hitting a pretty historically low mark for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a rainy Monday. Feel like that's the perfect weather for a non victory Monday. How you feeling, my friend?
1: A little uh I feel good. You know, I always feel good. But uh yeah, this is um that game was a little frustrating, and then you get the yes. the weather today kind of matches it. Um it just felt like while it was always technically pretty close, just never felt like the Steelers were in there or never felt like they really had a serious chance of winning that one, especially after halftime. So it was, you were just kind of waiting for, I don't know. You, you you were waiting for something to happen and just never, never really materialized. It was a, it was a tough day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like the first half, every time they turn the ball over, like every time Jacksonville turned the ball over, I'd I'd get like a little, like the Steelers are going to pull this off. Like, I don't understand Mm -hmm. how, but the Steelers are going to pull this off. Once Kenny goes down, I was like, all right, it's over. Like, yeah. you know, i I'm not saying Mitch is a bad quarterback. I'm just saying in an offense that can't operate with any quarterback or anybody at all, you can't expect a backup to come in here and come from behind and win a game. Got to give him uh, some props. He almost did, but didn't have high expectations for it. It was a very, very frustrating game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, and the fan base. I'll tell you that. Acrisure stadium, man, it died down quick. It was yeah. for a rainy day. It was loaded and it was loud early in that game. By the fourth quarter, there were very few people in the stands and I don't blame them. I would have left too. It just kind of felt like a game where at some point you were just like, why am I watching this? Why am I yeah. continuing to do this? I felt like the hate on social media, very warranted. I got a lot of people tweeting at me asking, Hey, please ask Mike Tomlin what's going on or, or some accountability where the accountability falls because People are getting sick of things. We'll dive into that. But first, let's start with the two major injuries for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Minka Fitzpatrick goes down with a hamstring injury early in the first quarter. Kenny Pickett goes down with a rib injury right at halftime. Tried to come back. Couldn't come back. The Steelers play on Thursday, so you have to expect neither of those guys are going to be a go against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, we'll start with Minka here. He leaves in the first quarter. Demonte KZ, Keanu Neal step in for him. Miles plays a couple of snaps here and there. I think everybody left, let up a big play at some point. How much trouble are the Pittsburgh Steelers in right now? If they do not have make Fitzpatrick long-term, how much does this affect the defense? How dangerous can get, can this get for a team that's going to rely on their defense for probably the rest of the season?
1: Yeah. I feel like they're in big trouble. Quite honestly, this is a huge, huge loss. And uh, you watch those, those three safeties play uh, the rest of the game on Sunday. And they were not exactly inspiring confidence. Uh, like you said, everyone gave up at least one big play, if not more. Uh, I don't know what DeMonte KZ was doing on that, that last touchdown to Travis. And he comes flying up out of nowhere to try and, to try and deflect a pass that was easily at least three feet over his head that he was never, he never had a chance of getting that ball. Uh, so instead of making a tackle, he flies up while the ball's sailing over his head. Uh, but yeah, Keanu Neal struggled, uh, Miles Gilbert obviously struggled. That's the guy who we talked about at the beginning of the year in the preseason just should not see snaps on defense ever. Uh, no. And now he's going to have to probably, I mean like Minka's a warrior. Minka's is a tough guy, but this is a quick turnaround uh, that, that injury and non-contact injury didn't, didn't look good. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't feel very optimistic and it feels like you're gonna, I mean, even if you sign a guy or trade for a guy, I feel like this week, getting him ready for a Thursday night football game after he arrives in the building on Monday or whatever uh, is is not a recipe for success either, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, at least one game is going to be pretty tough for you.
0: Yeah, I think the Tennessee, there's no chance that you could get a guy in the building that soon. I will say that they got it. I think that if, depending on the severity of Minka's injury, which, you know, just watching, whenever there's a guy that goes to the medical tent and then immediately goes to the locker room, you're like, okay, this is serious. This is nothing that you could expect a short-term injury to be if he's going on IR if he is is shut down for at least the next four games you're obviously going to lose Tennessee I don't think you're going to get somebody in time for that one but you have to make a trade at the deadline you have to the deadline's tomorrow four o'clock there's no way you could ignore it you know all those talks about Justin Simmons that doesn't really make too much sense but maybe if you're giving up a third round pick for Justin Simmons go get Justin Simmons you know what I mean you cannot mess around anymore and to be just totally frank. I thought KZ had some decent plays when Minka was in there, but I mean, he's not like a long term. He's not a starter. You know, you don't go get Justin Simmons and say, oh, well, we already have a guy in Demonte KZ. They're not even close to the same playing field. You go get a guy. I think it's, it immediately becomes your biggest need. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody wants to talk about corner. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, the offensive line or center or whatever. It's, it's safety. You know, you are going to, you are going to miss a lot of opportunities. You're going to you're going to struggle a lot without Minka out there. You got to go get a safety. I think it's a must. Even if you can't get him in the building for Tennessee, right. you got to go do it. And I'm going to get like I'm giving up a third round pick for Justin Simmons if that's the case. Because, you know, as we've seen, the Steelers offense, they're not going to win through the offense. They're going to win through the defense.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you've got to invest, you know, mm-hmm. in keeping that thing as keeping that side of the ball as uh, you know, as elite as it possibly can, and without Minka in there, you, your second. I mean, the the safeties I felt like were, and Minka and spe- Minka specifically were, a lot of what was holding that pass defense together. Like yes, like the the corners had not been good. We've talked about them; they've been real up and down. Joey Porter's is coming along a little bit, but it's still a lot to put on their plate as a unit that's struggling. Uh, to to keep up their level of play and then get even better because that's what they'd have to do without Minka in there uh, yeah. to kind of make up for him not being there. But, you know, Minka controls so much from a communication standpoint. He's obviously an electric playmaker. Like, that's just a huge, huge loss. And then it's going to affect a lot of different things in the defense. You know, yeah. not just, you know, forcing Demonte KZ to become your number one safety, which which isn't ideal.
0: No, it's not ideal at all. And I agree. Like, if you, you finally possibly got something at corner, they didn't have a terrible game why would you, you know, like, why would you just sit there and say, like, okay, sounds good, one step forward, two steps back, because that's Pittsburgh Steelers way, like, no, just go out and get somebody, you did it a couple of years ago with Minka Fitzpatrick, and I thought that, you know, they're somewhat in the same boat here, they lose Sean Davis early in the season, they lost Ben Roethlisberger, they know that their defense is going to be the unit that carries this group, and they said, hey, whatever, man, we're going to get Minka, we're going to get a star safety, because we need a star safety, this year, I think it's somewhat of the same, and this team has a winning record. They're, they have a, an offense that they trust, even if nobody else trusts. They have the pieces in place where this is somewhat of an excuse to go out and make a move for a safety. I think you have to. The other injury, Kenny Pickett. Goes down with a rib injury. I think, uh, you know, the play itself, plenty of controversy around that. We're going to get into the refs in a minute here, but Kenny goes down. Doesn't come back. He tried to warm up on the sideline. Couldn't do it. Mitch goes in. No idea what's going to happen with Kenny. According to Ian Rappaport, as of this morning, the Steelers are not optimistic that he'll be a go, a go for Thursday. Mitch Trubitsky's is probably in line to start. A lot of people are going to bring up the Mason Rudolph conversation. Oh, who should start at quarterback? Should it be Mitch? Should it be Mason? I think the bottom line is, and maybe you feel differently, the Steelers' offense is going to stink either way. Like they're not, you know, you're not. You could put anybody in there at quarterback. They're going to struggle. Things are not going to go well. It doesn't matter if it's Mitch. Doesn't matter if it's Mason. There's the Matt Canada factor, and the Matt Canada factor is no quarterback's going to succeed here. But that being said, how much trouble are they in if Kenny does not go, and if Kenny's got to miss some time. Like you know, we know who Kenny Pickett is. He's a tough dude. He'll he'll he's a gamer. He'll push through a lot of injuries to not be able to go clearly means something is wrong. He's got to miss a couple of games. How much, how bad could this get for the Steelers offense? Yeah, it can get pretty bad.
1: I mean, for as, as poor as they've been performing with their starting quarterback, uh, a backup quarterback is not, you can't expect that to give them any better results. Um, No. So yeah, this is really bad. Like you said, Kenny is, Kenny's a tough dude. He'll play if there's even, you know, even if he's at like 60 or 70%, but this this can't be good. Uh I'd expect you know I think it might part of me thinks it might have been different if this was a Sunday game versus a a Thursday game, but yeah. you know, a Thursday game is way too quick of a turnaround. Uh and then uh and then you kind of go from there, but yeah, this the outlook is just not good for for Thursday night. Like I I don't know, Mitch Mitch may do a lot of things behind the scenes to help Kenny. I think he's got some experience that can help some help him. But like, you throw him on the field and the results are—it it makes yeah. you wonder how this guy even won the job originally <laughs> when he first when he first a got year ago, it. right? Yeah, right. And just we've seen this—we've seen pretty much this exact offense with Mitch at the helm before, and it's—it's it's not pretty either. It's so it's just you know your defense loses Minka Fitzpatrick. You don't know what you're going to get from them, and then. So, so you don't like you can't expect the defense to carry the offense and you certainly can't expect the offense to carry a defense that's that's undermanned now so yeah. it's i i just i we're going to do on friday or i guess we'll do it on wednesday our, wednesday our predictions and keys to victory and i don't i don't even know what the path is at this <laughs> point like to be to be quite honest not trying to to no 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 you have to be honest but like yeah like not trying to 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 sink this team before i you know they even have a chance to step on the field but I just don't see what the like the formula to win this game against Tennessee is. I, I yeah. just
0: don't. I agree. I agree. Would you consider Mason? There no. are a lot of people that would consider Mason. I, I yes, I've talked did to you, some uh, these people. Did you see? Uh, yeah, did you see? Uh, did you see Mark Caboli's tweet? No, during I the didn't. game, he <laughs> I just, did not. He just tweeted out a gif of Mason Rudolph. You know, Mark. Mark is Mason Rudolph's is. biggest fan. Um, he just tweeted out a gif. Of Mason Rudolph kind of leaving that one up for interpretation you're not a you're not a make this a quarterback competition in the one day of practice that they're gonna have
1: no I mean I guess you can have the conversation but I also don't like I guess it won't wouldn't really change anything I mean no. maybe I, I understand the argument a little bit like Mason probably has the bigger arm and so if you're thinking like
0: the bigger arm th- that he uses to check down a lot
1: Right. uh, But also like, if you think like, okay, if we can tell him, look, you, you're not allowed to throw check downs, you can only throw deep balls to George. Uh, You know, that's, that's all we're going to do. And then, and then you're handing it off to Jalen and Najee maybe, but maybe. I still don't think like you, you throw Mason Rudolph in there that you're going to have any better results than, than if you throw, throw Mitch Trubisky in there and if all you're looking for is something different then yeah. I guess so maybe that makes sense but I I'm not really sure that it, it gets you anywhere further.
0: No, no. So Mason is a guy that I I mean look at I think I think Mason's a great dude. I enjoy talking to him. I think he's a good professional and like a I mean he's living the dream as a QB3, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But Mitch is a guy where if the Pittsburgh Steelers, you just kind of look at the big picture. The Pittsburgh Steelers' offense is terrible. Their offensive line struggles at time. They have absolutely no running game. I mean, they rushed twelve times. They averaged two point six yards a carry against the Jaguars. Twelve times it's a, it was a one possession game up until the fourth quarter. You ran the ball twelve times. That's a Matt Canada thing. I get it, but that's like that's just the picture. That's the reality that the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with right now, is that they have a very incompetent offense you're not going to put a stable quarterback back there and say, all right, things are going to work out now. No. The best thing you could do without Kenny Pickett is to just put Mitch Trubisky out there and say, look at man, if you don't see anybody, if you do not see single coverage anywhere, you run the football. You go Um, get six yards and you slide every single time. Doesn't matter because you're not throwing interception. Don't throw an interception. Run the football as much as you want to run the football. That's how... We're gonna to try to win this game. Is it gonna work? Probably not, but I just don't think there's a real argument for Mason Rudolph. I, I get where people are coming from. Whereas in Mitch, like just I mean, Mitch was terrible. Like stepping in there, he was he was as bad as it could get. His interception to Allen Robinson. If that was George Pickens, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I get it. Desperation throw. You're gonna throw it up to George. Understandable to a degree. Allen Robinson. Four years ago, maybe you're making that call. Not today. You know, you're just, that was just a bad throw. He had a couple of those. I just, I get where fans are coming from. I get where some people are coming from. You got to let Mitch go out there and just say, hey, you're the more athletic option, which means you could get out of trouble a little bit more. Maybe we could utilize that. But if we're going to be honest, if the Pittsburgh Steelers throw the football more than 20 times against the Titans, I mean, Matt Candace shouldn't have a job today, but, you know, he, the, There should be no offensive coordinator come Friday morning because that is just you have two very competent running backs. You have an offensive line that is full of people who could run block like that's what they do. Well, is run block and a backup quarterback. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. It should be a running football game for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, I I don't think I'm going to judge Matt Canada a whole lot off of what happens in in this Titans game because I 100%
0: am.
1: Well, he's set up to fail. Like, everyone is set up to fail this week, it seems like. It's It's not...
0: Yeah, I don't think it's Titans, going to be pretty. It's... The Titans... And I'm not trying to compare Will Levis to Mitch Trubisky. I'm really not. Or the Arizona Cardinals. But, like, I think the Arizona Cardinals are a better, a better example than... Or the Cleveland Browns are a better example than the Tennessee Titans. But there are teams out there who have backup quarterbacks who... I mean, the Browns got thrown into the worst situation of all time where they have $230 million quarterback who just... 30 seconds before football games decides he doesn't want to play anymore. And then they got to work with a practice squad guy. And they're still, they're still winning or at least coming close to winning the Arizona Cardinals are working with Josh Dobbs. Shout out Josh Dobbs. He's having a great year, but they're making games competitive. The Tennessee Titans just tossed their rookie quarterback out there. And he threw for four touchdowns. Like good offensive coordinators could at least give their team an opportunity, no matter who's out there, bad offensive coordinators, you have to come up with excuses on why you shouldn't judge them for how bad their offense is. That's just how I feel.
1: Yeah, I I, I get that, um, but I feel like also Dobbs and I mean, look at what the Bears are doing. Like the Bears. Yeah, the, like I, I feel like Dobbs and I mean, Will Levis just might be more talented than yeah, Will Levis. I looks thought like he a stud. was, which. I I would not have guessed.
0: Uh, no. who was the other team you brought up? Uh, the Browns. PJ Walker.
1: Yeah, the Browns. Well, yeah, Browns seemed like pretty. I mean, I like PJ Walker, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Those seem like exceptions to the rules uh, more than because I don't know. Is it all that com- like? Is it really that common for for backup quarterbacks to even to to really even give them give their teams real chances? I feel like that's not that's not very them, common, including Tyson Baggett. Who if, if I give them a chance. Well, I guess he won a game. He but won he, a
0: game. He won his he, first game. But then he gets smoked the first time he goes to face a real team. No, I, I 100%, 100% stand that or understand that. But the Tennessee Titans until yesterday were not a real team. Mm. They weren't. They What's were the bad well, I don't know, but they were not good. They were, I mean, I, they were thinking about clearing house like everybody's going. And then they win a game and everybody's like, all right, maybe they got something. With will Levis And I look at I agree with that one. I'm just saying that, you know, like it's it, you just can't like you it, you just can't give up. You can't look at it right now and just be like, well, they're going to lose that one and say, oh, well, you know, you can't blame the coaches for that one. Otherwise, you have to scratch the next man up mentality and the fact that and maybe not pay next, Mitch Trubisky five million dollars.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the, there are a lot of problems that go back way beyond, you know, just having some injuries this year. But like. I don't need to I like I can scratch whatever I want. Like I'm not in the building. Like I don't need to participate in next man up mentality. I don't need to be like, you know, a believer in whatever depth they have. Like yeah. I I think we can all kind of acknowledge that they are they're fighting an uphill battle and that no amount of like belief in your depth is
0: really going to change that. Like Are you going to would you do it the other way around like if Mitch comes out here and wins, plays really well. Steelers offense plays really well. You give him Matt Canada credit for that one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. It's a one-sided coin.
1: Yeah. I think when you, when you're not at full strength and you're already, when you're not at full strength, when you don't have your starting quarterback, I I think it's fair to say this offense is not reaching its full potential. And that's not necessarily the offensive coordinator's fault. But when he overcomes a bad situation, when he doesn't have the starting quarterback that he, when he doesn't have a starting quarterback, I think it's fair to, to say wow you overcame a tough situation and and scored all these points or got got out of there with the win that that uh, feels that, reasonable yeah, to me yeah
0: that does now that you've broken that does feel reasonable i i hear what you're saying there i still i still think that i'm i'm looking at this as a Matt Canada's got an opportunity maybe to prove something. Maybe I should word it like that. Maybe oh, yeah. Matt Canada has an opportunity to prove something. And if he doesn't prove something, he's on the same playing field that he was coming into the game, which is, you know, about as low as it gets. Maybe that's how yeah. I'll word it. That's how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, and I yeah, I didn't mean to pretend like, oh, well, Matt Canada's no, I know been doing really well, so we don't need to, we don't need to, you know, ju- <laughs> we can judge him off of lots Get of, of other pack. things. Yeah, we can judge him off of lots of other things because he's has yeah. had seven games this year where he did have his starting quarterback in there so we'll judge him off of those not just maybe not this one
0: okay all right i i agree i could agree with that stance i could agree with that stance either way rough situation for the pittsburgh steelers and for those hoping for mason rudolph you're not going to get mason rudolph unfortunately unless you know unless something happens and he's out there but we'll take that as it is with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's move on to the other end of this football game, which was... The Pittsburgh Steelers feeling as if they kind of got gypped in this one Deontay Johnson had no part of the refs nobody had any part of the refs we, we'll dive into it but first we got to hear what Deontay said and seemingly I mean got himself fined for saying the fine hasn't come out yet but we could all predict and you know should pretty much expect that that he's going to get fined um this is what he had to say about the refs after the game to get things going to turn things around first with the,
2: even with how everything went, if you get the field goal at the end of the first half, you got line six. Reps is killing us the whole game. <laughs> the same rest we had at Trade care, but at the end of the day if it's, it's not on the we can't keep playing about the rest. Like coach T said you can't worry about the rest or whatever, but everybody's different. I don't I ain't like the rest today. The they must have got paid good today or something, but they they that field goal that, that hurt us coming into the half, like, we needed that, like, we would have been tied, And they got the ball back, we would have got the ball back right there in the game, probably scored, who knows, that, that field goal hurt us. You ticked about, the, about the passer calls? Yes, them. they was calling some stupid stuff, like, they should get fined for calling that making versus terrible calls and stuff like that, like, that's how pissed I am, like, because they cost us the game, I don't care what nobody said, they cost us the game, like, I'm like, yeah, I got to make plays, them two plays, them catching. whatever, but that don't, you know what the whole like, One more, guys. How about them missing the call on Kenny where he heard his ribs look like he got nah, They wanted them to win, but they was calling. Them. Everything was in their favor. Like, they were getting every little call, bro. but it is what it is. Bro, we can't. Uh, like I said, I ain't, I'm moving on from it, like, I'm ready for Thursday.
0: Yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. So, uh, I think the highlight of that one is uh, they wanted them to win. They must have got a good payday. It, I mean, the, I, he knew. You know, he he went. he was interviewed two, three times after that one just like and I don't know I didn't go back in because at that point I was I kind of felt like I was like contributing I was like all right, I'm getting this guy I'm costing this guy money I like Deontay I don't want to do this to him but he went to at least two more times and spoke to media after that game the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole I mean there were a number of them and I think that I want to make it clear before we dive into this because I was getting roasted on Twitter by plenty of people that you could have a conversation and I think this is how I acknowledge it at least is that the Pittsburgh Steelers could still stink and lose themselves a football game, and the refs could also be awful. And I think those are two conversations that you have to have. I think this is a conversation more about how, the, how bad the refs actually are in the NFL right now, and how the Pittsburgh Steelers finally got a taste of that. And obviously, they're going off, but this has been a problem all season, where everybody, every team kind of gets their taste of bad referees, and the Steelers got theirs. Obviously, there, there, there was the Kenny Pickett play, which was, I mean, everybody watched that one earlier in the game. Keanu Neal, the most beautiful tackle I've ever seen. That is, you could, you could take that to Pee Wee football camp, and they're going to tell you, you should tackle exactly like that for the rest of your life. Gets tossed for a roughing the passer. Kenny Pickett gets pile-drived into the turf, no flags thrown, Full body weight. I mean, and I'm not, I don't think that anybody should get called for roughing the passer. I think that's a ridiculous call, but at some point you got to be even. I think the more ridiculous ones was completely missing the tackle as Kenny Pickett runs out of bounds right before he gets hurt. And then obviously the sequence that followed that, which is a 10 second injury runoff on a play that was an incomplete pass, which makes no sense, which means that the clock stopped and there was no, uh there was no, there was no anything. And then, or there shouldn't have been anything. And then the field goal, I mean, Mike Tomlin said it himself. He's never in a million years seen an, an offsides called on the offense during a field goal. And then you go back and you look at the picture and it's blowing up all over social media right now. The Jaguars are like, a foot and a half offsides. Nobody from Pittsburgh is offsides or anywhere close. And I think just to sum it all up, I mean, Chris Boswell let it be known. Mike Tomlin let it be known. Everybody said something. Isaac Ciam- when Isaac Siamalu says that it wasn't a good call and that he expects an apology at some point during the week, and he was joking, obviously, he was being sarcastic. When Isaac Siamalu says something, you know you're done messed up because. That guy never talks like it, we could have a normal conversation. That guy's four words max. And then here he is saying something. That's how you know you messed up referees. uh, You know, not the cause for concern for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not the reason they lost this game still. I mean, just as bad of a day for them as it was the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you you raise a good point that, you know, a football team is expected to be one point better than their opponents. You know, you're not supposed to have to factor in the human element of, of referees, their subjective opinions of, of certain calls uh, into your game plan and into, to how you approach a game. Um, I get it. Like refs are going to make mistakes, but you know, you don't have to be okay with it when those mistakes come at big moments and Mm -hmm. they materially affect the final score of the game, um, which you can argue they did. I mean, the the field goal one at the the end of the half that was a big one um and it's just it the more you look at it the more kind of confusing it is that that was the conclusion that they came to um yes. you know I, did you really have a what was your beef with the Keddy running out of bounds what was uh what did you want there Did you want like i was a okay hit? with
0: him i was okay yeah i wanted a light hit i was okay with him hitting the ball but the rule clearly states that if if the quarterback is running out of bounds, he doesn't have to be out of bounds. He's pr- he's protected as a defenseless player almost. Once you realize he's actually running out of bounds, you could hit the ball away. I was cool with that, but to like bring him to the ground, I thought was should have been fifteen. Like and in, and that's my thing is in the in the time like you're trying to make a you're mounting a two minute drive there. That's a mm. that's a huge penalty if you get it. Yeah. If you don't get it. And then, like, I mean, that one that one was bad, but the Kenny Pickett sack was worse. The The 10-second runoff was the worst of them all. That was – that one yeah. made – that one made absolutely no, – it was like they forgot what the play was, and they were like, well, oh, oddly, okay. Well,
1: and oddly enough, that was the one Mike Tomlin was, like, most chill about. I, I guess, like, yeah. he didn't really seem to care about that one more than, you know, the offsides call and – I guess he didn't talk about the roughing the passer, but in general, yeah. the Steelers did not really care about that 10 second runoff. Like they seemed pretty even keeled about it or, or maybe just thought other things were were more important to Were more important. About. Yeah.
0: And then the Joey Porter Jr. one, I think, slips under the radar a lot. He gets the, called for a face mask tackling yeah. Travis Etienne. You go back and watch the replay. Travis Etienne is full grip of this man's face mask. And they call it on. And I don't know. Maybe Joey had a grip of the face mask. Either way, you got to call it both ways because you're clearly watching the play. I just think it was overall, man. We got a problem with the refs in the NFL. I, we've we've been lucky enough to avoid it covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one was, this one was bad. You know, and I don't mm-hmm. know how you fix it. But you have to acknowledge it. You know, like at some point you have to say, like, there's got to be a reason that there's got to be a way to fix this. You know?
1: Yeah, it was it it was bad and I think it is worse for the Steelers just because I don't think I mean Deontay was talking about how that field goal was huge and that really affects the outcome of the game and I yeah. get what he's saying. I get the argument, but I think it's harder to kind of point out something wrong with the refs, especially, you know, to get the attention of the league in a situation like this because I don't think these calls like really materially affect it. Like In a real way, affected the outcome of the game. Like I don't think the game would have been would have ended differently if some of these calls swung the Steelers' way instead of instead of the Jaguars'
0: way. No, I I hundred percent agree. I I agree. I think that maybe maybe there's like a slight chance that they're in a better situation there at the end, but they're still in a pretty good situation there at the end. With before Mitch throws that interception in triple coverage, you know, so it doesn't it, it doesn't affect the outcome of the game. And Mike Tomlin, which You know, I have a real issue with him saying this, but he said after the game, he was like, the first half doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't impact the end, the, the outcome of game. And I was, I mean, in my head, I was like, that was, that's not, that's not true. That's Mm -hmm. the complete opposite of true. But I understand what you're saying when it comes to the penalties and that kind of stuff. I think that my thing with the refs and like, you know, whatever, the refs sucked. It is what it is. I think my problem, With the situation is that now the Pittsburgh Steelers have an excuse to continue to suck and to not make any changes and to be in the same situation that they've been in week after week after week, because now they could say, oh, okay, well, we were really bad, but the refs screwed us, but our quarterback went down and this is a good way to transition into the offense because quite frankly, I don't care how bad the refs were. I don't care that you lost your quarterback. You still stunk in every facet of the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers stunk let me just uh let me read off some stats here because i've been I've been bookmarking stats on Twitter <laughs> for the last 12 hours just going hard because there are a million of them most consecutive games under 400 total yards in the last 30 seasons the I guess at that point they were the uh, the Oakland Raiders, but they are mm-hmm. now the Las Vegas Raiders they they still lead the way at 75. Second place now, moving strong into second place after yesterday. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 20 to 2023, 55 games, 55 consecutive games, no 400 yard games for Mac Canada. Never once has he done it. Let me uh, continue to just add to this real quick. Over the last four games, the Pittsburgh Steelers are averaging 83 yards of offense in the first half. 83 yards. They are averaging just 5.5 first downs per half. Not or, or in, the, in the first half, per first half. They, uh, they have scored nine points in those first halves. The last four games, they've scored nine points in a first half. Uh, you could keep going. The Steelers averaged 2.6 yards per carry on 12 rushes yesterday. And then just to give you a grand scheme of things, Where the Pittsburgh Steelers currently sit offensively points per game, 31st in the league, yards per game, 31st in the league, rushing yards per game, 28th in the league, yards per carry, 29th in the league, passing yards per game, 25th in the league, time of possession, 32nd, pressures and dropbacks, 29th in the NFL it's it's as bad as it gets. We, I mean, every week we've come on here and we've said, uh, you know what it is now. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to use the refs as an excuse. They're going to use Kenny Pickett as an excuse, but you look at the stats, things are, uh, things are as bad as they get for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense right now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really bad. And I think the one stat that really stands out to me for no reason. I mean, for one reason, it is the one stat that they are actually dead last in. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, twenty eighth, thirty-first, but they are thirty second in time of possession. They are not even staying on the field, you know? Like they they can't even control the clock at all. They can't even possess the ball. It's just three Mm -hmm. and out after three and out after three and out after three and out. Uh it's that that part is pretty damning to me, especially because if you're this offense, you are you have been gifted a really elite defense. Yes. That has kept you in tons of games and given you every chance to even look competent, you know, like that's the thing for most of the time. They only have to be good for like a quarter, you know? Yes. To, yes. In order to win games. And you know, they can't even meet like the lowest of standards that, that this team is set for them. And it just feels like there, there's too much talent for, for that to be the case on this team.
0: Yeah. So let me read off a quote. Cause Mike Tomlin was asked after the game yesterday, where the Pittsburgh Steelers like, you know, uh, about the Steelers going, I think it was 12 and out before they got a first down. And that first down that I believe came on a penalty. So shout out to the refs because they did hand the Steelers at least one of them. He says, quote, cut off the question, actually, and said, quote, the early portions of games doesn't decide the outcome. It doesn't. It usually doesn't. It didn't today. Obviously, you want more fluid starts, but it didn't determine the outcome of the game. Let me just remind everybody real quick. Because I'm not trying to say Mike Tomlin's wrong here, but he's wrong. The Pittsburgh Steelers went 12 and out. During those 12 and outs, they had not one, but two turnovers in the red zone for Jacksonville. Which means that Jacksonville, if they don't come up with those turnovers, are looking at, I mean, a 14-0 lead over the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Steelers turn either one of those turnovers into a touchdown, they tie this ball game and they don't have to worry about going down by 10 and they don't have to worry about Mitch Trubisky freaking out and the outcome of the game possibly looks much different than it did so does the early portions of a game matter for a pitch, for, for an offense i mean no i don't think that an opening drive touchdown in every game results to a win every single week i do think that going 12 and out and giving your defense or and your defense giving yourself every opportunity to to win and succeed yeah that is a huge negative and one that most times will lead to a loss because you can't take advantage of the opportunities that you're given as an offense. Yeah. That's the thing. The
1: opportunities came in the first half, you know, like the, the really big opportunities to put some pressure on Jacksonville came in the, in the first half and really in the first quarter. So yeah, I, I sort of understand where, where Mike Tomlin's coming from and that, you know, just because you start fast doesn't mean you're always going to win a game, but if you are leaving opportunities on the table in the first half, then yeah, your, your first half might determine the game, you yes. know, like these, these opportunities matter when they, whether they come in the first quarter or the second quarter, third or fourth, uh,
0: they, you have to capitalize on them
1: because points are worth just as much early in games as they are later in games.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like, especially, and like you watched it, the defense got tired. They, they let up more plays. They couldn't come up with turnovers. Eventually it led to, Success for Jacksonville, like that's just going to happen. You want to why? Because people get tired because you're out every. You only get three plays arrest. You three plays arrest for a defense that's trying to compete up with a very fast, young and elusive offense. It's just it's not going to work out. But again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to use the refs. They're going to use Kenny Pickett as an excuse. Nothing's going to change. I mean, my I I don't want to. I feel like if I say this, people are going to take this in the in the wrong light because I do think that it was just like a coach can consoling like an injured player but Matt Canada sharing a moment with Kenny in the locker room yesterday after the game and he just like laughs he just like he he, like laughed and in my head I immediately thought man if a Pittsburgh Steelers fan was in here they'd be pissed right now they would not be they'd not be happy that Matt Canada is laughing it was like immediately after the game like not like uh you know like whatever like Kenny's sitting there and then and again I think that it's consoling but I do think that that is a guy in my opinion, I looked at that as a guy that's very confident that his job is secure. And I just I just feel I mean, like... Why, why wouldn't he be? I mean... Why wouldn't he be? So, yeah, I agree with that. But I think that's the yeah. problem of where they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that there is no pressure. There is no hot seat. There is no nothing. It's just, this is our guys. This is our team. We're going to rock with this team for as long as everybody wants to stick around. And we will not make any changes. And I think that that is just going to lead to less and less success. Maybe I'm wrong yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: it's the it's the balance between continuity and letting guys feel each other out versus, you know, a sense of urgency. Um, but you know, has got like bad 3 years for... though. Yeah, no, that's yeah, exactly. I, I was just going to say like continuity look how far that's gotten you now. So yeah. something you got to think about.
0: Exactly. I feel like if this wasn't year 3, I feel like if this was year 1, totally different environment, totally different situation. People got to calm down. Year 3, we're at a point right now where There's been almost no signs of success and a lot of signs of there's no pressure on these guys to create success. And that is, you know, I said it might to go today. It doesn't matter if it's Matt Canada. It doesn't matter if it's Kenny Pickett doesn't matter if George Pickens or Najee Harris or the offensive line or whoever, whoever the issue is needs to change. Like that needs, there needs to be a change because at this point it's just the same thing over and over again. And the definition of insanity is to continuously do the same thing and expect different results. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have been three years of insanity, and the, they're pushing the Steelers fans towards insanity. You know, and I just think that that is it, it's it's a tough place to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I just I don't know that one. It didn't it didn't rub me the wrong way. I could care less, but I felt like in the moment, and I wasn't the only one. There were people around me that said it. That were like, eh, that looks like a guy that's real confident that he's going to be here on Friday. And I said, okay. Sounds good to me, you know, and that's just, that's where they are. All right, let's finish off this uh, bad boy with uh, where we stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four and three, Tennessee, Thursday night, Will Levis looks good. Pittsburgh Steelers do not look so good. Where do you stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers as they approach uh, Tennessee? A Green Bay team that is probably winnable, but you never know. And then two very uh, difficult AFC North matches on the road.
1: Yeah, I mean I struggle with this because you look at their wins, and yeah. their wins are just are like as good as anyone's in football. Like uh I keep forgetting. Uh Browns, yep. uh Ravens Baltimore. and they Vegas. won Vegas. Vegas, and yeah, LA. Vegas and really Yeah, in LA. So but those that trio of LA, Baltimore, and Cleveland, those are really good wins and they looked really good in those games. Like so to only turn to turn around and then fall completely on your face against Jacksonville, uh, LA, and the Texans is—I I just don't know which is represented more representative of this team. You know, like yeah. some really good wins against uh, against some pretty good competition versus some really ugly losses against even better competition. Like I. I you no, know, I think last week I said I still need them to prove something to me, and they, you know, in order to get them back up to that that status of like, oh, for sure they're going to make the playoffs, possibly make a run. Um, and I, I feel like I'm still in a a prove it kind of situation, but I feel like it's more prove it to know that you can even be competitive like down the stretch of this year and and make the playoffs because, you know, maybe it's just the AFC, maybe uh, maybe it's the entire league, but like, yeah. There's a lot of parity. There are a lot of really competitive teams. There's very few teams rising to the top. You're you're the, the path does not get any easier. You know, like yeah. you're struggling right now, and it, it doesn't get any easier from here on out.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like how, I like how you worded that because it really doesn't like the Steelers. They had an opportunity to take advantage of right now. And kind of, I mean, they beat Jacksonville. They're they're in like a really, really, really good spot to mm-hmm. just climb their way to the postseason and feel good about where they are now it's looking like come this weekend they could be four and four and that's i mean that's a really difficult spot to be in because even if you beat green bay the week after that chances are you're not going to go 2-0 and against cleveland and cincy both on the road back-to-back weeks and then yeah you got some like winnable games after that but you're going to be fight you're in a spot the pittsburgh steelers have put themselves in a spot where just like you said, there's so much parity in the NFL. Now they have to fight their way every single week to make sure that they stay in the playoff hunt. And that is not a spot that you want to be. If you're a team that could barely squeeze by with some wins and who are dealing with injuries. And I mean, it's just not, it's not the place to be for any team in the NFL, but especially a team without an offense. That's tough to beat. Do I view them as a playoff team? I think right now I'm very iffy. Like I'm, I'm very much so on the line just because I don't know if they're going to beat Tennessee. I think that's a really tough call just because of how good Tennessee looked. And if you're sitting there four and four, I mean, you cannot feel good about your chances moving forward. Like you just can't, you can't feel good about the, the last quarter of the season and where they are. I would say, I would say for the first time this year, I'm uncertain about where I stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know that's not like a good answer, but, I think that's where I am. I mean, yeah, that's the uh,
1: they're just about five hundred. That's to feel uncertain. I mean, most of the games have swung one, you know, teetered on the edge of win yeah, or loss. Yeah, one possession so. games. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's perfectly reasonable to not know, to feel like you're teetering on the edge of good team or bad team, playoff team or not. That that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Just uh, just to let everybody know before we head out of here, if the season did end today, the Pittsburgh Steelers would travel to Jacksonville. Played Jaguars in the first round of the playoffs. So, and I know we didn't get to talk about it, but the Jags, uh, they talked a lot of smack after that game to George Pickens. And I'm sure if the season ended today, he'd remember all that. I mean, I'm sure he'd remember it in week 19, I guess, wild card weekend, but he'd remember it. And it would be, uh, it'd be very interesting. We'll leave it at that one. It'd be very interesting. All right, with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts and find all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Remember, the game is on Thursday this week, so Wednesday, preview of Tennessee, our keys to victory, our game predictions. And right now, I mean, I think the next two days are going to determine a lot of how we feel. Enjoy a rainy but a beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.